Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to School of Last Podcast. Rick Roberts here along with Gavin and our guest today, Keith Alberstadt. How's it going, Keith? It's going great. It's good to see you. Yeah, I haven't For, seen each other in a long time. It has been a while. It has been, uh, it's probably been over a year since I've seen you on stage. Has it been that long? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was, yeah, it makes sense. It's been a while. I was at Zany's last year around this time. <laughs> yeah, he's around the holidays. Uh, for those of you that don't know Keith, I know some of you guys do already, but Keith started here in Nashville, and when I moved here, um, saw Keith right out of the gate and thought he was doing pretty good, and kind of hung out a little bit, and then I turned my back, and boom, Keith's out of here, <laughs> and he's up in New York, and he's doing a lot of stuff, so we're going to talk to him about uh, all the different steps in his journey and some of the things he's picked up along the way that might be able to help you guys out. But I'm thinking I moved here in two, 19, what was it, 99, I guess, the summer of 99. Okay. Wow. And were you doing comedy yet or just starting? Um, uh, well, it's a weird question to answer. Or it's a weird, a I should say it's stop? a weird, it wasn't start and stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, which I don't even know how common that is. But I, I my first time on stage, I was 18. Uh, I did, there was a, a, a small club downtown called Comedy Off Broadway. Yeah. Excuse me, comedy on Broadway. Okay. Comedy off Broadway is in Lexington. Right. Uh, I don't even know. How, it was a very short-lived club. But I remember going down there and, and, and you know, basically just asking for a guest set, which I did and, and loved it. And uh, did an open mic at Zany's a little bit after that. And uh, I knew I had some work to do. <laughs> and then I was just in college. And I was just having fun being in college. And so knowing that I, I needed some work. And and having fun, I was like, you know, what? I'll just I kind of pushed it off. Like I'll I'll get to it later, mm-hmm. and and basically didn't get on stage. I was it was very sporadic, and then uh, once I graduated, I did a uh, I got more into a habit of getting on stage fairly regularly, like an open mic, like but it was again like once a month. And Zanies had a uh, <coughs> back then they had a system where they not everybody who signed up got to go on stage because they had so many people signing right. up, and I was. I, habitually not making the cut and I just stick I just I, I stuck or stuck to it I knew that I needed I knew I wasn't I had some work to do right but uh, I had to get my legs so it took a while and then when I was around 25 I, I, I knew that I had to really kind of jump in so that's when I really got dedicated really, yeah really got into it and really committed myself and so you were 25 what year was that that was in 1978 <laughs> feels like it <laughs> the year I was born <laughs> uh, I, gra- <laughs> I graduated uh, uh, 95 so that was yeah around 90 uh, so right around 99 yeah you graduate on time is when I got uh, when I got when I got serious yeah and then I and then I uh, I went full-time in 01 I remember that I remember I don't know if you remember I remember at some point I stopped by your apartment, mm-hmm. and we were talking about who books what and stuff. You're like, I think I'm going to give this a run. Yeah. And I brought my little uh, day runner over, and we went through, <laughs> and I made sure you had all the numbers that I had. Do you remember that? I do remember that, but <laughs> I, I I remember we also uh, went to a Big River Restaurant. Oh, yeah. Because you, 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 you pulled me aside after a show at Bar Car uh-huh. and said, how serious are you about this? And I said, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm, I think, you know... 
I'd like the security of having a job, but I really like <laughs> I really like doing this, right? Because it's a leap, you know. It's a total leap of faith. You gotta, you know, really. Yes. I'm so <laughs> organized. I like to think that you know this is it's, it was totally out of my comfort level. I wanted everything to make sure everything's okay. Right. Make sure, make sure I'm okay with this decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, you pulled me aside and said that you know if you're serious about it, I'd love to you know talk to you and give you some pointers and, and yeah. answer any questions you might have. And so we went to Big River. I remember that now. Yeah, we had dinner and a beer, and we talked about everything. I mean, minutia to big stuff, and you were great, man. Oh, thank you. You're very instrumental, and I I remember doing some long, hard thinking. And going, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a run at it. Yeah, you know, it's like that old adage, you know, if you try. <laughs> And fail, at least you tried. Right. Right? And so I was, it sounds cheesy to a lot of people, but that's the truth. Well, it is. I mean, I remember when we were talking there, um, I, I think you remember saying more or less that, you know, there's going to be some some weeks where you're thinking this was totally the wrong decision. <laughs> but that's just when you hunker down and you work on your promo or whatever. Yeah. You, you find some positive things to work on. Uh, yeah, that first year was, that was rough. It's a lot. It, so, was, it was really rough. You know, I'm, I've been talking to Brian Bates, who's he's about a year in. Yeah. It'll be a year on, on at the beginning of the year, and just about some of the stuff he's picked up yeah. that that he didn't anticipate. Even though we talked about things before, you know, until you run through that first year and see like what a comedy season is, you know, yeah, you don't really know what to expect the next one. It's harder to set your goals when you first start out because did you I mean, still have a job when you were doing that starting thing, or did you totally pull away from having a job and? I just go well after on after, a wing and a prayer. <laughs> after college, I had a, a job. I was working at Vanderbilt. Okay, and then I did that for about four years. Then I went to the Nashville Sounds. Gotcha. Um, when I went to the Nashville Sounds, that was when I pretty much made the decision that I was going to do this. And okay. I, the only reason I made the job change was because it was a better salary and and better hours, and so I was able to kind of do both sure while banking some money gotcha and the sounds if you're not from nashville it's a baseball team oh yeah yeah right, farm right, club right, for right. the yankees or no the, it was it, yeah, <laughs> they've had such a rich history used to be yankees uh-huh. I, in fact i grew up watching don mattingly play that's cool and buck showalter that's crazy uh then they were with the reds for a while when i was working there it was the pirates oh, that's right and now i believe it's the brewers yeah um, now they got a new stadium. Yeah, you and I, there? I, I have not gone yet. Me either. I need to go. It's I only been a now. year. They had one season there. <laughs> yeah. But I, the the beautiful thing about doing comedy in Nashville in that position was because Nashville's so central to so many mm-hmm. different cities. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go without missing work. I was able to drive down to Birmingham for three hours, do a showcase or an open mic there. Uh, and drive back. And it's not a really good travel city, right? It's Chatt- Chattanooga, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Louisville, Memphis. I was able to, you know, kind of work a little bit of the road without quitting my office job. Right. For the it? record, I hate the I hate saying day job when people say because this is a day job. It is. You know, once you get it's into it, it's like this is a full it's time day. Job. It's night. It's so to, to say that you don't have a day job is that's uh, not yeah. right. Yeah. So I always say office job. Uh, but it, it was I was pretty lucky to be in that situation and be yeah. in the city. To, uh, to really build a career on. Right. And I remember, uh, didn't you get like your car payment squared away before you went yep. full-time? And, and so as, as few bills as you had, uh, you got those things knocked out of the way. That's so smart. Yeah, I mean, it's. I know people jump in with their passion before their their mind sometimes, but it, it's such an e- 
it's a less difficult path yeah. if you get some of those things squared away. Yeah. You know, like Bates did a good job of securing his stuff, and you know, he's got a rental property that's a little extra income that mm-hmm. comes in. Mm-hmm. He does Airbnb for his uh, condo when he's out of town, yeah. so it helps bridge that gap when you first get running. Right. And so you you did a lot of the stuff around, and I remember we even did a couple of corporate gigs. <laughs> I remember we went down to Alabama one time for a, <laughs> yeah. a gig down that way and stopped at the Cracker Barrel, of course, on the way. <laughs> And at that point, I, I was, you know, I'd seen your progress, and you'd, you'd been on the road a little bit. And that's that first year, you get so much stronger from all the reps, and you were just like killing it. And I'm like, I don't want to work with Keith anymore, man. He's too good. I'm, I'm just gonna call him and say, you got this gig next year. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> but it was like a really noticeable jump, and you know, Thanks, and, man. and people think I don't know what people think. I know that working in the South isn't necessarily easier than anywhere else. Uh, in fact, sometimes I think it's harder, especially if you're a smart, clever guy, hmm. to kind of keep the crowds engaged when yeah. you're not just throwing out blues right and, and left right and just to add on to that it's not to say that southern crowds aren't clever and smart right it's just they sometimes appreciate a different <laughs> brand than what you're bringing to the table yeah and so you kind of have to you know work with that and adjust a little bit uh, and that's what i take pride in that's what that's what i kind of I, I tend to write towards uh or i can i tend to write a, a sort of comedy that can make anybody laughing and you know right bring everybody in yeah and and man so there was a short time on the road how, how many years did you pursue the road before you moved to new york city it didn't seem like it was too long it was about four and a half years four and a half yeah so i think it's a good good sample size and yeah you got your connections with the and clubs. i and i still love the road i mean I, I live in new york but i try to have that balance of both because the road you're doing more time mm-hmm. uh and you, it's it's a different demographic every week more or less and so you're you kind of get a feel for all of America, not just one big chunk of it. Right. New York's great. It's right. the best comedy town ever. I mean, there's so many so many stages and, and so many brilliant comedians to mm-hmm. watch. And uh, But but the road, I mean. You have those longer sets. Longer sets and just the different experiences. Because uh, that, you know, adds up. It's it's material. You never know what you're going to experience yeah. on the road that can be a joke later oh, yeah, on. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, if you're in New York only, you're going to start writing only New York type jokes. And that goes yeah. back to what I was saying. Like, I, I, I want to, you know, I want to write material that everybody can, can, you know, be a part of. Mm-hmm. Everybody can appreciate. And so the more you travel the road, the more you can kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what's making everybody laugh. If this joke only works in the Midwest or only works in New York, then Maybe I have to fine tune it a little bit, adjust it here and there. Well, that's what I was going to ask. As you were talking, it occurred to me like, what changed? What did you change in your writing when you went from sort of being the local guy trying to figure it out to the road? Like, was there, did you change in your writing so that you could make the road work? Or, you know, as you're just starting, I guess, you know, because I'm just starting and I'm trying to write a bunch of stuff. Some of it hits, some of it doesn't, but, you know, there's no way I could go do a gig somewhere like in another state and yeah. know that it's going to work you know it is a weird fear when you first start some of you don't even realize it till you get somewhere and you do a joke and like oh they don't even have that here oh yeah yeah my first trip to canada was like that oh isn't that a mind-numbing oh, yeah. experience it like, is, and they told me before the show they, they said you know <laughs> this was the uh, one of the comics up there yeah and i was like hey you know anything i need to i mean 
Canada's just like you know, <laughs> the, the, the the thing we hate the most is if you condescend and say, "Hey, you guys got this." You got, just yeah, just go right. with the assumption. You guys have we running have, water. We have everything you have. <laughs> right. And he said it kind of with this, this attitude. He was like, "All right, okay, <laughs> duly noted." Yeah. And then uh, I can't remember the examples, but I had like four jokes where just blank stares. Like, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. No. I think one of them was I, I, I referenced Nodos, the caffeine. Pills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> they don't prefer uh, to stay awake. Up yeah. there. <laughs> Fantasy football was just kind of getting its legs at uh-huh. that point. Gotcha. I referenced that. Nothing. They have something similar. It's called rotisserie. Uh-huh. Yep. So, yep. Uh, so they didn't know when I said fantasy football. They were kind of, so. There's a couple other examples too. So yeah, that was that was kind of a slap in the face. Like, oh, what, maybe I should have done some more research. Is that what inspired <laughs> your, your joke about uh, Canada? Where I've got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I link to that Letterman set in the notes. But it's a great joke. Yeah, I read. literally have nothing. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I, like, where are you from? Canada. I show that in my writing class to people. I'm like, you got this, you got to watch this joke. Oh, this thanks, is a classic man. setup. You know, rule of three. Every it's just, one of his writing classes, there's your clip in there. Yeah. Oh man, I make watch. well, it's such thanks, a, buddy. Yeah, well, it's such a well defined set, and I think it it helps people um, see somebody that's from around here that actually went ahead and pursued it and got to different levels. You know, mm-hmm. so I like that aspect of it. It too. was really cool because I took the class. I took the class once, and then when we started doing the podcast, I would come back and take the class again and again and again because I wasn't very good. And uh, <laughs> but every time they would, uh, you know, we'd watch your clip, and you know, every, he'd say, you know, hey, do you have any questions or whatever? And I'd kind of raise my hand, and one time I said, now that I've started, I said, just starting. I said, you guys have no clue what it takes to get to that. I said, the 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 more I start, the more I realize how far that is away, and how how much work and and um, self-assessment and like change and mm-hmm. and science is behind all that. You know that that to me, I was just like, oh, the first time I saw it, I'm like, that's ah, funny. It's a, he's on a TV show. Then all of a sudden, it was like, oh my god, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, a long journey wow. to get there. Yeah, so that it just was very impressive. Oh, you know? thanks, man. Well, it is a long journey, but the journey is the, it's the so fun part. Fun. Yeah. It's just that's the fun part. Knowing that and and having confidence in that there is there is an end goal. This yeah. is going to lead to something, whether it's a TV spot or a show, or whatever. Right. See, something, something special is coming, and it's so th- that's what makes the journey that much that much more fun. Knowing that, you know, with the, with the confidence that something's coming up, but the uh, the baby steps of building a set, <laughs> whether it's for TV or for a CD or whatever, uh, it's you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's so hard to, to explain to people who aren't in comedy that there's. The, the painstaking uh, process, you know, the meticulous nature that we have as comics to analyze mm-hmm. how a joke is supposed to go, whether it's the setup or the punchline, what order it goes in your set to get the maximum number of laughs, all that stuff. It's just, it becomes a science. And you start to get a little obsessed with it. The more I do. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about New York, I love New York. I love New York. But when you're doing a short set, like 10 or 15 minutes, and you do a joke that normally goes in the middle of your 45, 60 minute set and it doesn't get the response it deserves. You just want to go, ah, this is, right. you, ah, you I wish know. I had more time for you, for this, yeah. to, to, for my personality to kind of take hold or this would work a lot better. That's what, you know, the road kind of teaches you that too. Yeah. But that meticulous process of, of building anything, whether it's a five minute set or a, or a longer set, that, that journey is just, it takes it's indescribable. If you're not in comedy, it's so hard to describe. 
but it it it's so much, it's a it's a fun process. I yeah. try to explain <laughs> to people like this, or, or even new <coughs> comics that are about to try to figure it out is. It's con- you have to have constant momentum and pressure. So I, I call it like the snowball. Mm-hmm. You could roll on a snowy day. We go out and roll a snowball, and if we don't do anything to it, it's gone in like seven days max. It's, yeah. it's melted. And the only get the only way you can get that snowball bigger is keep pushing. And at some point, you need other people to help you push that snowball. Right. Yeah. So you can only get that. You know, the biggest snowball you can push is your act or whatever. Right. Once you've got it every place you you can get it, then you need help, whether it's management or whatever, or, or right. new opportunities or moving to get mm-hmm. it to a different place. But if you take three days off, you got to go back out and get that sucker right back to where it was. And, <laughs> and sometimes you don't even realize you're pushing the snowball. Sometimes you, you've, especially in that first year, like we talked about, and and beyond. Actually, uh-huh. there's some there's so many times where you think, "What's the point? I'm not getting any better." But you are. Yeah, you totally are. If you just sit down and write, maybe an improvement or a tagline or or a, a new bit or whatever, you go back and, and listen to the tape from last night's show or whatever. As long as you're doing something, you're moving that snowball. Right. You're getting better. And so a year down the road, you can look back, and you can look back at the days where you thought, I'm not making progress, and that's when you realize, oh, yeah, uh, I definitely was. Yeah. So that's true. Sometimes when I look down at the notebook or whatever, and I'm like, well, I added, I, 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 I thought about this stuff for eight hours today, and I got 15 seconds more. <laughs> I got, you know, you're like, but hey, it's a good 15 seconds, right. and I'll just add that 15 seconds to the next 15. And, and P, that's yeah. a really weird goal to tell someone. And you're right, like describing that to your family, going like, hey, it's like, a, you know, <laughs> right. I killed the deer and brought it home so we could have dinner. It's like, I, I got 15 seconds today. Like, right. it's, it's people are like, oh, good that's no 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 that is good you know it's like yeah i mean it's the the, those building blocks yeah i mean you need to have burst in there too to like you know really bust it up but i mean to to oversimplify comedy if you want a new hour every year it's nine Uh, seconds a day you got to come up with something funny it's crazy right yeah but it's totally doable you know you're going to write 30 seconds to get to the punchline and a tagline probably but but it's it's hard to to see those big Developments, yeah. unless you look back, and, and if you don't start the year off with some goals to quantify and go back, you really can lose track too. And those have to be both big and small goals, mm-hmm. so you can kind of you know make a better assessment of how how far you've come. And sometimes you get locked into what you're doing, and you think it's it's mundane. You're not making any improvements. <coughs> Excuse me, you're not making any improvements. But then all of a sudden, one of your peers will come up and say, "Hey, you know that joke you do." I got a good idea for you, and then yeah. some kind of light bulb goes off. Like, that's a freaking great idea. Yeah, uh, and that's once you once you build that camaraderie around comics and people who know your voice and know your personality, they do have a suggestion, a suggestion that would fit you. So it's not coming from right. this is how I would do that right. joke. Yeah. It's it's this is I got a great idea for you that you could use that you would this would be great for that particular joke, and that's part of moving the snowball as well is having that peer group to help you along. And, and, to, and to keep your that momentum going, right. not just with the joke writing process, but the the attitude of am I making progress? That that whole you know the the self confidence, the the, yeah, the concept sure. of progress, whatever you have to you know stay positive with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, did you find that you wrote uh, with the guys on the road? You and you're in a club for a week. If you're getting along with the other comics, did, were you the kind of guy I was? Did you say, hey, you want to go up Friday and just bang some ideas around, or? Or that excuse me you might um, write in your own voice and didn't collab- like what's the collaboration for Keith Alberstead is there a little bit on the road or is it just kind of it's hunker a, down yeah it's it's a combination of both if I'm working with comics who I appreciate and respect and uh, and it's mutual then um, yeah I, I, I'd, I'd love to collaborate I like to write 
alone a lot. That's my that's my main preference. Uh, just you know, I like to kind of. <laughs> I have a very uh, meticulous process where you, I, okay. I kind of obsess about certain word choice or a certain joke, and I I, I feel like it's counterproductive to make everybody else obsess about the same joke that I'm trying to perfect or, or, or write if it's a new bit or whatever. Um, but the collaborative process is helpful as well. I just prefer it. I guess it depends on the kind of writing mood that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I prefer to write by myself. Yeah. I like to mess with it with myself for as long as I can. And then once I think I've got it to where I, I've got it, you know, get it out there and get some feedback and I'm always now looking to take the joke to the second chapter. Mm-hmm. Like I've always just kind of kept it in one chapter. Like it's, it's self-contained, but I'm trying to find like, you thought that was the end? Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. There's a whole other thing and just kind of pivot and right. take it a whole other direction. Right. You know, for, for a lot of different reasons. For me, as I get older, it's harder to remember 36 different jokes I'm going to do. I'd rather memorize two bits yeah. <laughs> and be really long. But it is one of those things where, um, I enjoy just even if I don't use the input, getting some input on what they see from it. Because mm-hmm. you know, comics are not comics; yeah. they're they're they are potential. Uh, you know, one thought they have can spur another two or three minutes. Sure, day, you know, it's funny your place. I I always call it the war room when I'm describing it to someone else. I'm like, there's like boards up with like lists upon lists, and like you know, it's like one two three and then little stars next to that and the numbers yeah you would that. like my office and then, oh it's, it's like <laughs> yeah if you're I ever mean, out that way give me like a holler a, a beautiful mind yeah, yeah. A lot like that. it's exactly yarn like that yarn is connected Different to thumbtacks <laughs> and it's so hard because I'm in there like recording the podcast with them and it's like I can't look around because I'm like my brain just shoots into bit you know it's like just it, it, it's a but it it is what you're talking about it is the science behind just walking up and like, hey, this kind of came off the top of my head. Here's what I was thinking about. And it's right. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, but that's your process. Well, for me, if I don't see it, it's easy to forget about it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people type stuff in the computer, which I do some of that and keep it on their phones, which I keep the name of the joke. But if I'm going to see it on in my act, I really want to see like, I've got, you know, big old poster board and that to fill that will be an hour. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where I'm at now and I can take those little sticky notes and move it around and, and do some fun stuff with it. But if I don't have it visually out there, I'm not going to be thinking about it as often as I probably should. Yeah. yeah. You know, I get caught up in a lot of the business of, of comedy stuff more than I do. Very easily, you know, yeah. <laughs> just because I'm a one-man show, you know. Well, the great thing about comedy is that there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's, it's just like any other art form. Yeah. You know, you, you get a process that you're comfortable with, then... I apologize about this coffee. You're fine. It is ridiculous. And I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, once you get into a, a process that you're comfortable with, then who's to tell you that, yeah, you should do that better. Right. right. Uh, and then you sometimes you realize that, oh, yeah, you know what? This is this would be better if I did it a certain way. If it's a joke, if it's an idea that, you know what, I need all hands on deck mm-hmm. for this. And you start to you, you get some of your better comedian friends involved. Uh, it, I've always enjoyed having a joke idea that I think is hilarious and I think has has great legs, can go far, and I'll put it on stage a couple of times and it's going nowhere or it's getting oh, yeah. it's getting you know a little bit of a reaction but not what I expected. Yeah, I think and he tweeted I'll, something recently. Where like, <laughs> didn't you have a tweet like within the past couple of weeks? Like, oh, that, that that new joke was not what it wanted it to be or something like that. Or I forgot what that was. There was something, but it was, it was like in the past two <laughs> weeks. Blanket from your memory. Where Keith's like, hey, uh, they're not all winners, kind of a deal. It was one of those moments. I think I uh, uh, that one, ring a bell. The the I think the one you're talking about is I tweeted some joke and somebody somebody tweeted back 
like a serious response. That's the worst. And oh, I was like, no. I think I'm blaming on my delivery. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that was, I, but yeah, you get those sometimes. It's like, this was so funny in my head I yeah know. and you and maybe you gotta start doing the, the visualization thing like you do but that's when you bring it to the table with your friends like what am i missing here yeah. like i think this is a great yeah. idea where else can i go with it what other angles because sometimes they see stuff like in a, in, a, in a certain angle that you've never thought of mm-hmm. like oh yeah if i did it this way mm-hmm. if i've like created an analogy for this or if i made a comparison to whatever right you start to look at it differently if you get more people involved and so what, yeah, the, I mean both ways work. Yeah. Now, when you moved, uh, so it would would have been about 2010 when you moved to New York, or uh, no? No, 06. 06. Yeah, I've been up there for nine years. Okay, wow. man, it's longer than I thought. Yeah. So, for the folks that are listening, that I mean, we've got listeners that are all levels of comedy to Jimmy Brogan. I mean, people. Hey Jimmy, I know you listen. Jimmy, what's happening? Yeah. How about those Irish? Yeah, yeah, he's a big him and John Garrett. You can't get enough of them. So, uh, so tell some people that are you know maybe thinking about moving to one of the bigger cities. I get this question a lot. You know, when's a good time to move? What in your mind said to you, okay, I'm I'm ready for the next step. I've proven myself on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, what what were the things in your mind that you wanted to accomplish before you made the move? That's a good question. It was uh, I knew I wanted to move to either New York or L.A. Uh, the road was great, but um, I just felt like in order to get to another level, I was going to need more exposure, and I was going to mm-hmm. need to be in a city where more people could see me in the industry, and my name was going to be out there, and my name was going to be included on lists of, of some pretty notable comics in that area. So about maybe three and a half years in to, to work in the road, I started to think about, i, I got to move somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I made visits to L.A. and New York, and... Um, you know, basically listed the Pros and positives and yeah. negatives of each city and, and, uh, and chose New York. So uh, to answer your question, if somebody were to ask when's the right time, you don't. Yeah. You don't. And, and you know, it goes back to the, what we were talking about with writing. There's no formula. There's no, it's not like going to medical school and say, okay, now you got to be an intern and now you got to right. do this. And, that, and this is like the two years there when you're here, whatever. Now this is when you make this move. Like, no, there's no, yeah. it's up to you. It's totally up to you. And I, I, I advise working the road and not starting in a city like LA or New York. Right. Because it's vicious, it's competitive, you pick up bad habits. Um, but that's just my opinion. There, uh, tons of comedians have started and have ended up being great mm-hmm. and uh, really well known in the industry. So, again, that's that's just one person's opinion. I preferred working the road so I could develop an act and and, and learn how to hone learn it how there. to write, hone it, and learn how to write jokes that appeal to everybody. Right, and then also have places to go earn income exactly. outside of the city. Exactly, yeah. that was the hard part. Was I had to sever some ties with clubs, not because of anything bad but because i i can't work 52 weeks or 50 weeks mm-hmm. a year anymore on the road so i had to kind of be more selective with what i was doing but yeah once you build up those relationships you can for income you don't have to have an office job in new york if you just go i'll go take a couple of weeks of work on the road mm-hmm. build up some income so having those pre-existing relationships it's very Helps. helpful yeah What's what's the balance you like now between the road and, and New York? Is it a couple weeks out, a couple weeks home, or pretty fifty fifty like that? It's about fifty fifty. Yeah. Uh, every now and then, stuff will pop up where uh, I thought I had, for example, I thought I had January all mapped out. Then all of a sudden, it's tentative. But I got an offer that filled up another week that I just really couldn't say no to because it was a pretty sweet offer. Um, so it's about fifty fifty. But then stuff happens mm-hmm. where maybe the 
gets out of it's whack a little, a little off bit. balance a little bit. But then you got some months where it's in the opposite direction. So yeah, I like it. It's a good balance. No, I think it'd be cool. Um, back to when you first got there. So everybody has a different time when they might want to move. Give me a, if you can think of one instance where shortly after the move you thought this was the right move. And, and within the same week, maybe this was the wrong move. Like, did you have a couple of... You're like four yeah, seconds That could happen later, the same day. The yeah. That could happen the same hour. <laughs> yeah, New, York is, New York is... It, it's awesome in that it it, um, it it will humble you and motivate you and rejuvenate your confidence right. all on the same night. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of like a pinball machine. Yeah. You'll... you'll Sometimes you'll either do a set or you'll watch a comic just crush, and you'll do a set. And you're not, you don't do so great. That's when you realize, or that's when you think, I should say, that uh, no, maybe this wasn't the right move. Yeah. And then next thing you know, twenty minutes later, you're doing another show, and it's just lights out. And you're like, I do belong here, back. right? And I got this was a good move. Uh, it's just a, it's just a, a gut feeling, you know. You gotta just go when you want to go. That fun, I got a funny story about New York. Uh, within a year of moving there, um, I got a, a text or an email, whatever it was, from uh, the manager at Zany's and said, Eddie Brill's here this week. Oh, that's right. Um, and he's not doing a show Sunday night. He's going to have a showcase for all the some of the regional talent for Letterman. And so I, I was—I remember I was at a Mets game when I got the email. You're in New York, and for I was Letterman. like, "Wait a minute! I came <laughs> to New York for opportunities, <laughs> and once I'm here, an opportunity comes my way, and it's in Nashville." <laughs> yeah, and if, if you guys don't know, Eddie Brill was uh, not only the warm-up act, but he selected the talent for the comedy segment on yeah. Letterman. Yeah. And so here's Brill. Had you met Brill in New York at that point yet? I met Brill originally in 2003, I think, in Boston. Okay. And uh, got into a habit of sending him a tape back then. It was before you sent links. I know. So yeah. send scroll. Him a, you sent him a scroll of your accent. <laughs> <laughs> I here, still remember $3.65 to mail it anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're so on his I, radar a little bit. I was on his radar. And he's and like, I'm in Nashville. He was nice enough to uh, uh, review all the tapes and, and give me some feedback. Not every time, but every six months I wow. sent him a tape. And every now and then he would give me feedback. Sometimes he wouldn't. But uh, he would always say, you know, every five or six months, you know, keep me posted on what you're doing mm-hmm. and how your sets look and whatever and so i would do that like clockwork every six months here's a new tape that's awesome and i don't know if he compiled the list at zany's or, or if brian did the, right. the manager um but nevertheless i i was on it came down and i found out later i didn't know at the time but i found out later that uh watching me live kind of kind of tipped the scales a little bit cool because uh, he knew that he he knew he wanted to put me on the show then when he saw me live, he was like, "I got to get him on the show." And but you'd never had bumped into him in New York in that one year period, the first year you're up there. I did I, a couple of times. Um, I don't think he watched me perform. I remember I saw him at Gotham a couple of times, uh-huh. just in passing. You know, we're working in the same room, but comics don't hang out in right. New York for the most part. You're off to you the know, next you, place. Yeah, you got to go. You do a set, then you got to go do another set somewhere. So there's not a whole lot of. Uh, people hanging out in the back of the room watching there's a lot of that don't get me wrong yeah. but a lot of times people so I just I would I would watch Eddie um, you know cross and pass whatever but it was that one time in Nashville that kind of so solidified from, it so from that point he's like I do want Keith on the show yeah and then tell him I, I believe you were in D.C. when you got the call that you were going to be on the show right before I went to Washington uh-huh. I had a, a week I was performing at the improv and it was <laughs> it was funny because uh, the showcase I did for him I think was in 
October. October or no, I can't remember. But uh, I emailed him first part of January because I, I heard he had some showcases coming up in New York. So I emailed him saying, hey, uh, if you have any room for another spot on, on one of your showcases coming up here, let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to do it again, be a part of the showcase. He emailed me back a couple of days later, says, hey, I'm going to put you on the show. And I read it about a hundred times. Like, Is he talking about the show? Because <laughs> he's replying about the showcase show. Yeah. Right, right. So, uh, I'm going like, to need I, I mean, to I clarify. Want to, I didn't want to be a dork and go, what are you talking about? Yeah. The Letterman show or so, a different uh, venue? Yeah, uh, <laughs> internationally known. <laughs> it was, uh, it, but it, but the, the whole... Whole email. It wasn't just that. It was it was an entire email of uh, you know the the planning process and so yeah. After I, after a few times, I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to be on. It's a pretty surreal moment. Um, and that's right before you head to DC to do a, a week. Oh, before. I'm sorry. Yeah, DC. Yeah. So I went to DC because he was talking about we got to you know we're going to set up some spots for you around town. Um, I was like, well, I'm in I'm in DC. So I just ran that fi- that the five minutes I was going to do a letterman. I ran the top of every set just started your show week. with huh. that five yeah actually he liked about eight minutes so we had to we had to cut three so i was doing pretty much that entire eight and i was tinkering with it all week long wow and it was a cool process because um i was the middle act that week and so mc would do his time would bring me up and i would treat it like a tv set that's a, yeah like i wouldn't say keep it going for that guy everybody <laughs> all right great to be here i just walked up and said this is my first joke I think it was a balding joke. Yeah. Um, Bald unicorn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it was wintertime, so it worked perfectly because I did the whole thing about the, I'm losing my winter, winter coat. Winter coat. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, th- yeah, that's how it happened. So I, I, uh, I did, I ran the set pretty much all week. And then by the end of the week, uh, Saturday, I knew which, what the five minutes was that I was, I was going to do. We had a show Sunday night. We taped on Monday. Had a show Sunday night, drove back right after the show. It was Super Bowl weekend. Wow! Oh, I man. watched the Super Bowl and fast forward for the first time in American history. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the only way to watch it now that you know. <laughs> oh um, god! Yeah, and then we uh, we taped that Monday, and it uh, aired on that Friday. That's pretty, it pretty wild. wild. It was a surreal moment. I mean, the, the whole that whole thing, everything from the from the uh, the showcase opportunity to the email exchange to that whole. Um, you know, misunderstanding of what's he talking about? The show, show, the show yeah. Show. To the to the process of of uh, fine tuning the set to the actual process of getting on the show. I mean, the whole thing was just a. It was kind of a blur. It was really fast. I mean, if you're yeah. talking October, November till February. Yeah. I mean, boom, boom, boom. Did you think? Now you've been on there another time as well. Yes, that was in. First time was in '09, and that the last time was in '12. And how, how long of a advance notice did you have on that second take? About a month. So which which process did you like better? Just the week, like, hey, it's coming up in a week, and you don't have time to freak out. You just have time you know to what? work on it. It or? was a little. It was a couple of weeks. It wasn't a full month. It was a couple of weeks. Um, that's a good question. I think I liked the the first just having a week's notice. I think I would too, just because like, it didn't it didn't yeah. have time to settle. Less you know? sleepless nights, <laughs> or get tired, or get old, right. sort of in a certain way, you know. Right. Yeah, it Gosh. was. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd prefer the first one. And how did you feel about your sets compared? Like, did you like your second set better than your first, or first better than your second, or like them both the same? Or I liked uh, I liked the material in the second set better. Um, I liked the first set experience better, just because it was the first Letterman, uh-huh. 
and uh, I was I felt like I was having more fun. Uh, the second set was fun. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like a little extra pressure. Yeah, I mean, you got to do as good or better than you did. Right. You know, it's so like, oh, I'm doing this again. <laughs> Holy smokes. This How about is... that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you, uh, do you remember either of the other guests on the show? Yeah. First time was um, Dakota Fanning and a band called Beirut. I was in the middle. I was the second guest. That's a good Dakota. place to put you between those two. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> and the, and the same thing for the second set. They had um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, me, and then Bonnie Raitt. Oh, uh, man. Should've, I, should've, I, should've I, I'd like to hang with that second crew. Yeah. Yeah. So did you and Bonnie talk about Nashville at all? Or did you get to bump into her? Uh, yeah, she watched the set. She and her band. Oh, she cool. They were very complimentary. They were great. Got some pictures and and uh, yeah, they were. We talked about Nashville, of course. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. And did Julia uh, say anything or did she, no, she in and out? No, in and out. She, I, I, we you know passed each other in this little hallway. Yeah, uh, that was a little little chaotic. That because we taped. We were the second show they taped that day. Um that was going to air later that week. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the first show was, you know, the audience is going out and they're, you know, whatever, the, whatever kind of transition is required for multi-show takes. Uh, we're on the back end of that. So it was a little, little, little chaotic little to my liking. Is that the typical way they do two shows on Monday and then take Friday off? They, they changed the, the, the order of things. Uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think they used to tape Monday, Two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, maybe, and they changed it up to I, I don't know I really don't know what the format is. Yeah. Well, I almost said it is now, but I know it used well, to be. <laughs> it's still hard to believe that he's yeah. no longer. That's on the, the air. thing I was going to ask you is now. I mean, have you even gone? To, I mean, it's such a short time that Colbert's been on, but just to even go back and watch a show in there and see the changes in the set and the stage and he did some major overhauls in there that theater hadn't been overhauled yeah you know? it was blown up i yeah. saw some pictures yeah of that. it was like crazy looking is that yeah. on your list to go check out a show just for that fact oh yeah I'd, I'd love to you know when letterman uh called it quits um chad you know can i mention his name yeah is yeah it, uh, chad ryden who's like the number one letterman fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's hilarious he cracks me up yeah, nationalestandup.com if you want to check him yeah out. he yeah. went up uh he went up for one of his last performances or one of his last shows and uh, they they were it was like a garage sale they were getting rid of everything and <laughs> every like old cue cards Cheers, old props everything. that big the, the big set in the back with the bridge yeah uh-huh. they dismantled that they were seats from the, uh, everything you can imagine and people were just just like get it just, out of here yeah yeah. We're just grabbing them left and right, just taking home whatever they could. What did Chad get? Did he get a seat? I don't, I don't know. I think he got... Uh, give him a call. Got a couple of... <laughs> you should. A uh, couple of cue cards, maybe. Uh-huh. And I think a couple of... I forget what the props were, but he got a couple of props. Small. Not, yeah. Nothing nothing too big. Right. Did you keep your cue card from your... Oh, intro? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Got that on your wall? It's uh, it's going to go on the wall. Yeah. I gave it to my mom and dad. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I, I just dad gave it to me. So you should. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, what what did your folks think? Because your mom was still around on First Letterman, right? Yes. And so, did they? Did, they didn't come up, did they? Did they come to New York? Not for Letterman. Dad came up uh, earlier this year in April for Seth. Oh, cool. Uh, Seth Meyers. Oh, he must he have loved that. that. Yeah, he had a good. Time. We all had a good time. It was fun. You, what time of year was you get to see a ball game? Wise up there or anything? <laughs> no, was, no, we didn't have much time. It was in April. Okay, so it was still pretty cold. Gotcha. They were playing, I think, but the uh, yeah, it was just it was a it was a brief trip. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. But nice. no, they they uh, 
they didn't make either of the Letterman's. Uh, mom was mom was diagnosed in '09. Right. She had to be um, pretty proud, though, man. It you, was, yeah. I think, by the way, diagnosed with she had cancer, mm-hmm. and then uh, and, and she passed away in eleven. So, uh, and but dad did make the trip in twelve. Yeah, well, that's one of those things when kids start to do comedy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even tell my parents. My parents found out, and then I denied it, and then I eventually copped to it. <laughs> um, but there was a show close to Lexington. It was in Richmond. Uh-huh. One of those Sobel one-nighters. Uh-huh. And I'd already been doing comedy for a year and a half. Like, didn't have any other job. They they still thought I was working at Simon and Schuster. Oh. So even whenever they'd ask how's how's work going, I'd say, "Oh, it's going fine." Didn't say Uh-oh. what work or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then so people that lived on the street <laughs> that my parents lived on, that were parents of high school kids that I went to high school with, uh-huh. you know, they found out because some of their kids went to EKU, <laughs> and they came to see me. And the next day, we're like, hey, we expected to see you there at Rick's show last night. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how my parents found out how to do comedy. Oh, no. So, so it, it, was, uh, it wasn't probably until five years ago that my dad stopped telling me he could get me on at Toyota if I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, like I just kind of broke it down. Like, I'm doing all right, Dad. You yeah. Know? But it's one of those things where Holy it's just cow. one of those proud moments where it's it, not that your parents will ever doubt you, but they just want to see you succeed. And that's like, I mean, for a comedian – Letterman or Leno or Carson or any of those benchmark shows, it's just like yeah. they got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Some validity, yeah. And so you're yeah. you're um, you're on the road this week. We'll, we'll air this one this week. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So if you're in the Nashville area, Keith is at Zany's along with Nate. Nate Bargatze. Nate, yep. who was on last week, we yeah. grabbed him while he was in town as well. Keith's I, in my house right now, so the show's <laughs> real good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he will be, he will be at at Zany's. Yeah, and Keith's recording his CD. That's right. Yeah, and I wish I could give you a title, but I haven't decided on a title yet. Well, let me let's talk on that just for a second, because <laughs> here's one thing that I did as well on my early CDs, and now you now you're way into it, so it's going to be a lot better. But uh, I would take my own pictures for my CD covers. <laughs> you did. I remember the, one of the first CDs you had. Yeah, I I, I forgot what. Well, there what was the one, name of it was, but I was like, "Where did you get this?" There was a great big purple hickey, which was just a, a zoom in of my neck of my headshot. Oh, no. Then there was knuckle sandwich, which was me with the guitar, and I had that done by an industrial photographer. <laughs> oh my! God. Who just needed some shots? So that, then uh, I had. I had one where I literally was in a hotel room and I just took. That's the one I remember. Yeah. Oh my Because you had Lord. like this big last live. You just like had this big like yeah. a bland, <laughs> yeah, so no no emotion on your face. Right. Before cell phones, I was taking a self <laughs> self self shot, and then uh, and then I eventually the past two or three CDs just like farmed out the picture and the artwork to somebody mm-hmm. that could actually do it. Yeah. So, uh, but you had what one night stand. <laughs> Well, you were standing next to a one night stand. I was standing next to a night, or yeah. Were you holding it in the air? No, what, it was. What was the one where you're holding something in the air? Was that the second? Well, one? the first one was. <laughs> the first one was appetite for comedy. Yeah. Oh. God. And it was a, a microphone cord uh, coiled up like spaghetti, <laughs> and a microphone on top of it. And I'm nice. holding the knife in the floor. Right. Like, eh? hey. <laughs> like, hey, get it? Hungry. <laughs> Best time ever. Uh, and then there was one night stand. And then there was and the then, one after then, that. Yeah, it's pronounced Jenkins. Right, because people mispronounce your last name right. and misspell a lot. I got a joke about, I just tell people it's pronounced Jenkins. Jenkins, yeah. So do you have a couple on your list, or are you just going to wait till you get this whole CD done and break it down? I got, a, <laughs> I got a couple of, I, I don't know if I have ideas. I mean, I, every time I think, oh, this would make a good title, I kind of talk my way out of it. So I haven't decided on anything yet. Why don't you get it down to two or three and then tweet it out <laughs> and let social media buddies oh, help God. you? That, that way you, you increase the idea. awareness of your CD. That's and, a good idea. 
you know, let them pick. We a tried winner. to do that like with that. the names from my baby. <laughs> oh, they, they came back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bad idea. Over time, is, short set, yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah, funny. Don't go <laughs> as personal as a baby name for <laughs> yeah, your <laughs> the Rambler. They really got on you. Uh, forgot to shave. Oh, all God, those different yeah. names. <laughs> Little oh, G. Lord. And what, what? And what was the? Uh, who won? Did anybody win? We don't no, know yet. Do no, you basically terrible. just said, terrible. You know I'll, I'll take <laughs> care of this myself. Yeah, I know. I was like, I think I got it from here. We got gig and giggles. I was like, come on, man. We got it. Something. Yeah. One nighter is not going to be a good name for yeah, the kid. No. <laughs> it was one Sunday afternooner. That's what happened. I wonder if Keith will have his CD out before you'll have your baby out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the race is probably. on, people. Yeah. <laughs> When's the due date you for your. Uh, February 5th. Depends on how it goes know. this week. Huh? Yeah, if it goes great this week, then uh, soon, yeah. we'll have those wheels turning. That's cool. Hopefully, the first part of the year. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Where can people follow you on Twitter? People can follow me on on. Uh, uh, sorry, I got to get rid of this cough. This is for recording. This podcast is uh, is totally ruined. Would you, would you have it fight us? Um, Might be allergic. Yeah. I. Uh, what was the question again? I got short attention span. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. Twitter handle. Or whatever. KeithComedy.com is my website. KeithComedy.com. KeithComedy.com is the website. Is it at KeithComedy? Yeah, all my links are on on my website. But yeah, Twitter is at KeithComedy. Facebook, just Keith Alberstadt Comedian is my fan page, I think. And then uh, Keith Alby is Instagram, A-L-B-Y. Cool. Gotcha. And you like the Instagram? Yeah, it's not bad. About as much as you like decaf. Slighted an entire company all in one. Are we sponsored by Instagram? <laughs> no. I love Instagram. Yeah. We've got no can't, fear of it. I can't get enough. I can't get enough. No, it's, yeah, I, I do. I do like it. Uh, I try not to overdo it. I try not to overdo. Yeah, it. yeah. I don't want to go down any rabbit holes where next thing I know it's two hours later. And, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I had work to do. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram. They're, they're yeah. Well, cool. They're very thanks. time consuming, but they're fun. Yeah, thanks yeah. for being on, and we'll, we'll get you on again and uh, talk about a couple other things that, um, you know, not only that. Yeah, we didn't. I won't even tell you what we're going to touch on because <laughs> you'll get mad at me for not talking about it this yeah. time. But we'll get you back in here again. All right, cool. And uh, we've got some more stuff to, yeah, to talk that'd be about. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, thanks for having me. Have good shows. It. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.